Welcome everyone to How Winners Win. I am Daniel Blue. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Keita Spears, a.k.a. Haiki. What up, winners? Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I had I think chicken I, the other night, too. I say that shit like maybe one out of three times. And it feels awkward every time I say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> it just doesn't feel like... Like it's not really genuine. Good. No, it's, it's not. not genuine. It's not. Winners, I'm sorry after 100 episodes, <laughs> I cannot come through better for you guys. You know what's crazy for you guys that are not in Las Vegas? Give you guys a little bit of a, a local view. I was reading an article, Kita. You see the room rates, the hotels? Surging. We have a guest in, in uh, the house right now, and he's staying on the strip, so he can give us maybe some insight. But I was seeing like a piece of shit hotel, Circus Circus, like 600 bucks a night. Get the fuck out of here. On a Thursday night. On a third? Like tonight. Get the fuck out of here, dude. So, circus, for first people who don't know what Circus Circus is, is a place that you take your kids <laughs> when they're under 12 years old, they have a blast, and then there just so happens to be a resort on property so you can get drunk well, when they're playing I games. Think, so let's not- It's not $600 miss, a night. No, but also there's a lot of people out there with missing teeth. It smells like <laughs> cigarettes. And piss. Yeah. So there's there's that part too. Yeah. Forgot about that. So. Oh my God. So yeah. At least you're not staying there, right, Ryan? No, I, got a, I actually have a funny story about Circus Circus because that was one of the first places I came when I was a kid and my family like they didn't even put us in the Circus Circus hotel they had like like a Motel 6 that was a part of I've it I've seen that yeah yeah and like we got there and it was like there was this it sounded like a helicopter was landing on our roof all night yeah. and yeah we were like the next day my dad was like alright like we gotta go he <laughs> said I clearly uh, fucked up here <laughs> yeah. that's crazy it's 600 I mean maybe it's March Madness yeah uh, um, March Madness spring break and then St. Paddy's Day right oh uh, just wow. like the trifecta right? yeah. no I'm screwed. saying at the Cosmopolitan but I don't think I've paid even 600 a night I mean I yeah a little less but I did book it a, a little while ago. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, with you having 250 employees, I doubt you're seeing the hotel bill and dealing with that kind of stuff. So well, I'm not going to, I don't believe you. We bro. had a company, <laughs> we had a company retreat here and uh, we had like 80 of our employees here. Yeah. Some from the U S and they all, I think they said the link or how does it? Okay. Links? Yeah. Yeah. Link. Yeah. I think we spent 120, 150 grand on the whole trip, but it's good because we're remote, you know? Yeah. So it's like, we don't pay office fees. We don't do all, like, you know, and it's good to come together and all these new faces you get to meet. It like really builds rapport yeah. in the company. Especially at a place like Vegas and the link, like we oh got there. Gosh. And, you know, the when the world's biggest, uh, um, was it Ferris wheels right behind yeah, yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of cool um, stuff. Some of the people in our company, like we did breakout groups and some of them did that little Ferris wheel thing. It's a good time. I did dinner in the dark. Oh, what's that? Dinner in the dark. I don't recommend it. And so I, during my breakout group, it was, yeah, like, I don't know. It was just off the strip and you go into a, a, a dinner room. Justin, my videographer was there too. It's literally pitch black and they serve you food and you don't know like what you're eating. It's all a mystery. They, they do make it all veggie and like, you know, no allergy kind of stuff. But like when you open your eyes, you're tripping out because you're like, this is like literally pitch black everywhere. And like, I was kind of freaking out. Like you're trying to eat in there for like an hour and a half. You come out after and you're like, can't even look. You're like squinting your eyes. It was wild. Oh, wow. I, I've never heard it's of that. It's a good what? like blind date spot. Does right? it, <laughs> literally blind. Literally. Does it elevate the uh, the taste senses while you not having your vision? Like, did you feel like you had like- Kind of like, you're like the texture and the smell. You're like, it just feels weird, you know? But <sighs> That's I'd fucking... recommend it if you want to. 
interesting experience. So next time you guys have a Tinder date, very first date, sounds like you need to go do what uh, Ryan's recommending. So let's give you a proper introduction besides uh, you just talking about the time you stayed in ghetto ass circus circus. So definitely uh, winners really excited to have Ryan Carroll on the show. One thing that really uh, stuck out to me that I'm excited for him to share because I know it's going to help you guys. He scaled a company from three employees to over 250 employees in his first year, had a business, uh, has a business that did uh, $90 million uh, in Amazon sales in 2022. So definitely somebody that knows all about scaling, going through some, some challenges. I know because when you scale that fast, I know there had to have been some challenges that he overcame. So Ryan Carroll, welcome to the show, man. Thank you guys. Really? Thank you. And I just want to say something real quick. The 90 million sales, just because if my, my COO, Noah Wickham is listening, that was, that was actually his, under his management um, before he came on board with us. Okay. And so that was, that's, what's funny about like this whole company is my whole thing was like, how can I bring on like super smart people who know more than I do in specific areas? Cause I really don't know at all. Right. But like Noah, again, our COO who's sold 90 million on Amazon, I was like, I need that guy on our team to like really build out some operational stuff. And so that's been like more of the game. I think I've been playing with this company because I've been more of a solopreneur since I was like 18, 19, you know, and it was draining. You know, I made some money, this, I had a couple of VAs, but this time I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. And I'm sure you guys have read Think and Grow Rich, you know, and there's a chapter in there, specialized knowledge. And like, you just need your lane of what you're good at and bring on the other people who you know are good at what they do. And so this company has grown, like you said, 250 uh, employees pretty organically. And just with that in mind of like hire people who know more than you do, you know, like I'm not the smartest guy in the room at all, but I'm smart enough to know that, Hey, you're smarter than me. And I don't know what, you know, you know, and vice versa. So it's been fun. Yeah. What are some things that you've done to make the right choices? And I say that because I know a lot of the winners that are listening to this, you know, maybe they hire, they hire that employee that just, you know, turned out to be a bad hire. They had a a business partnership that ended bad. Right. So it's like you said, it's knowing, oh shoot, I need this. I need to hire this because that specialized knowledge I need, but what are some of the things that you've done that have allowed you to make good choices, making the right hires, bringing on the right people on your team? Yeah, I think it's what I've, I've not done. And it was just consistently failing the past five, six years of running stuff, you know, and you start gaining this experience and every experience teaches you something new. And I know it's so cliche, but like, you know, failing and failing forward. And so again, like this time I I really came into this company just thinking, okay, you need to look at this from like a different lens. A lot of business owners like start businesses. They think they have to do it all and like get their hands dirty, but it's like, how can you, how can you paint the picture, right? And not have to be the person in the picture, but really step out and like, look at the whole thing um, and build something that you own, not necessarily that you have to like manage and run and do all the day-to-day stuff. And so you kind of have to like reverse engineer what you really want first, right? And if you know the outcome first, you can kind of, cause it's going to be different for everyone. You know, your question, you know, for me, it was having those employees for you. You might want to do the work. You might want it to be a leaner team. So you have to know the the outcome first, and then that'll help you make those key decisions when you're starting to build. You know what I mean? 
I love that, dude. So I want to talk about like the organicness of the growth, you know, because that's that's pretty unique to consider, you know, three to over 100 people also during uh, economic downturn or whatever you want to call 2022 for most people. Um, How do you like create that ecosystem, you know, where people are wanting to work with you? You know, I know there's that mutual benefit of like, hey, man, I'm selling the dream. Come be a part of the dream. But like, how do you get people to buy in? Yeah, it's a great question. And like speaking of the economic downturn, like I don't, I don't know if it's a blessing and a curse, but I don't like listen to any news or anything. Or like I literally just, I know what I know and everything else outside of that is noise. And so like what people say this and that, I'm like, holy shit, you know, like I didn't know that was going on, but everyone else knows in the room, you know, it's just, <laughs> um, so I've, I've never even considered that fact while I was building this, especially because people are investing money you know, people are going to invest money in an economic downturn or if times are good anyways. So, um, but to answer your question on really the team and, and the, the growth of it, we've been d- definitely very blessed to have a team. Like everyone we've brought on is first off like entrepreneurs, which was huge for us too. Um, because when you're an entrepreneur, you really kind of think a little bit differently. And so because of that, they've been able to bring on their network. So it was like, oh, we were having this problem. I actually have a guy. Okay, we need to go find this guy, right? No one knows this person. My president knows this person. That person knows that person, right? So it was like, it really grew that way. And then, um, you know, people want to work remote for the most part these days. So that's a big, uh, attractive piece of working with us. And I'm so anti-corporate and like the traditional nine to five. I want it to be fun, like working for us. I don't take things too seriously. And I think people felt that vibe. I mean, most everyone in our company gets paid very, very decently. Um, I want to make sure everybody's winning. You know what I mean? And so people feel that in our culture. And then, you know, because, again, they all have their networks. They can go out and they, they can sell for us. Like, hey, guys, you got to come check this wealth assistance company out and potentially work for them. So that's how it's grown. Nice. So the reputation speaks for itself in a sense. Yeah, really. It's... It's crazy. I mean, I, I look back because just a year ago, what is it, March 16th today, um, we didn't have our first sale. It was literally just me taking sales calls on, in, you know, in my friend's house that I was living at for like three months from January through through March. So it's kind of surreal, like just stepping back for a second. And you ask me these questions and it actually like allows me to think like, holy shit, how, how did I do it? I need some time to reflect here and figure things out. <laughs> We're catching him in it, guys. He's yeah. literally in the shit. Having right like now. a spiritual awakening in here, like, <laughs> oh my God, what 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 did we do? How did this all evolve so quickly? But it has. Well, I, I think that speaks to your focus. Like I just love the quote. You're just like, dude, I know what I know and everything else is noise. It's money. Yeah. And winners, I think that's something that I think that's something I know a lot of successful people have that same trait. They don't give a shit what CNN is talking about, what's on Twitter, what's going on with interest rates, right? A bank failing, right? Like they just focus on themselves, what is going on in, in their business, their mindset, right? And and they just, you know, let that take care of itself. So what, how did you get to a point where you got as focused as you are right now? Is there like something that you experienced, you know, prior, you know, maybe a lesson that you had, uh, you know, younger when you were younger that allowed you to be this focused or have you always been this dialed in? You know, that's such a great question. And if you want to get deep on this, I mean, there's so many, 
think there's so many different things in people's lives that maybe trigger them to focus or whatever outcome it may be. But again, like back to think and grow rich. Um, there's this chapter on sex. It's called like sex transmutation, like sex being one of those powerful emotions that you could transmute that energy into um, whatever you want. And I, I do the same thing with a lot of different energies, if you will, in life. So a, a big one for me is like anger, like really almost dark energies. I just, it almost drives me in a really weird way where I'm like, I take things personal and I like look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you're so much fucking better than me. Like you got to get your shit together. You know, like I use this, this, this dark energy to turn it into focus and, and positivity, which is really weird. You would think like maybe focusing on happiness is going to make you want to, and it's, I think it's different for everybody. I actually had a hypnotist who's like, was trying to get me to like be more on, on the happiness of life and all this and use that as your leverage point. But he started seeing like, while wow, your dark side is like almost so much more powerful that that becomes like a leverage point. And I think that's okay. Right. We like all have our own shit we go through and like you either take it, um, on the chin and you become, um, the man or woman you want to be, or, or you just become a victim towards life. Right. And, you know, from a young age, I was always like never smart at school. A lot of people doubted me, you know, like that was a big thing. I remember my high school teacher was like, if you don't go to college, you're going to work at McDonald's for the rest of your life. And I was like, I'm going to fucking own McDonald's. I'm going to go franchise them. And so there was like always that kind of like drive behind me and that, that dark energy creates the focus of like, okay, it's time to, time to get lasered in here. But then it's also, what are you focusing on? Like that you, you, you have to audit where you actually put your time, your attention and your focus. Cause like, cool, you have focus now. Well, what the fuck does that really mean? Like you could be focusing on the wrong things, right? So you have to know, like, first off, yeah, you need to use that energy to become laser focused, but then start auditing the things that you're actually putting your focus on. Um, and that just, again, like the past seven years of my life of going through trial and errors and people doubting me and using that energy and just figuring out, okay, what is it that I need to focus to fucking win? And that's where it came. Like last year, I was like, dude, I'm so tired of just felt like I was like going around like, um, what is it? The little fucking hamster yeah, wheel, the hamster wheel, man. It was like, I got to do something and I got to do it right. And then I was that's when I was like really started focusing on this idea of like playing a bigger game too. I was like, think I was always playing too small. I'm like, focus on bigger money. Like it's people get trapped too, where it's like, Oh, I, I want a hundred thousand dollars a year or a million, but it's like really what you focus on, you believe too. And so, you know, start focusing on these bigger things and they start like start actualizing them in your life, which is kind of crazy. Um, but focus that also comes to belief too, right? Like if you believe, $100,000 a year is hard to get, then that becomes your actual reality. And the things you focus on are going to like manifest into becoming a, it's hard to get a hundred grand a year, you know? So it was like, when I created this company, I was like, I want a million a month. I was like set dead set on that super focused on a million a month. We did in our first month. So from there it was like, okay, let's, let's set a new benchmark as us entrepreneurs do. Um, we had our biggest month at 5.5 million and from there, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get to 10 a month, you know, all right, how are we 120 million a year company? So, um, always auditing your focus though, you know, is something you need to do. It's, 
It's crazy. Even now, it's like you have to go week to week and say, okay, what I have a focus of the week, mm. which is kind of funny too. Like every week, things are always changing, evolving. The, the company's much different now than it was three months ago, a year ago when I started this. So the focus has to always evolve too um, into what your real vision is. That's money. You know, to that edge that you have about using that dark energy, it kind of made me think of Tim Grover. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was in the Relentless or the Winning book. Both of them are excellent books, but he talks about how the greats, they're not on that happy-go-lucky side. They're not, you know, hoping to win a championship. They're thinking about that last missed basket or the missed defensive play, and that's what elevates them to crush it, to dominate, and to be a fucking champion or be a GOAT. And it seems like you have that same mentality with how you approach business. You're not looking just for the happy, like, oh, hey, I got freedom now. Oh, it's great. You know, like I can go to Vegas for eight days and fucking stay at the Cosmo. Yeah. That's not the end goal for you. That used to be me when I was in my early 20s and it was like, just get some money, have some fun, travel. But now it's like, no, bro, this is is a different game now. And that goes to, to kind of what I wanted to bring, more so bring up is you going from the minors to the majors. That's the way I look at that transition. You were focused on minor league money for those first few years in entrepreneurship, but then you made the focused decision to switch to the majors and immediately saw success. Can you talk to the winners about how you go from that minor league mentality to nah, let's play in the majors and then what actually goes into taking that step up on your ticket price and actually bringing in a million a month versus maybe a million of all the businesses altogether prior? Yeah. I mean, again, it it just all comes down to the belief system of like, okay, what you believe is true. Like this whole world is just all determined on your belief system. And like, you really, I've, I've spent so much money on like hypnosis and mindset and this shit, but like, it's so true because when you can really just say like, okay, I'm not, I'm not playing in the little leagues anymore. Like I'm going to go play, um, in the big leagues it just becomes a mindset shift that you really have to truly believe. And then it's just a different set of actions. A lot of people think too, like you have to work harder to do a million a month or this. You're, I, I probably work the same amount of someone doing 10,000 a month versus what we're doing, but it's just a different set of actions. So again, it's like you really have to step out of who you are, what you're doing, um, and really, really like look from a high level in the clouds of what is this game I'm trying to play? How can I play it bigger? And I like to think to, you know, just a, getting to a million a month, right? Like if you have a certain product that might seem hard to you, but I always look in terms of ecosystems too. a lot of people just hone in on their one business or their core offer, but because again, they're so zoomed in and they can't zoom out. Um, they miss that there's, there's really a big ecosystem around that offer, whether that be like specific affiliates that you could bring on or cross promotions there or a, a different offer or a more high ticket offer. Um, you really want to build a business that has a bunch of different legs and that's how you can scale to like horizontally, right? If, if you think your product has a cap of, you know, hundred thousand a month or whatever you're feeling stuck at, well, okay, maybe, maybe it does realistically, maybe that, that is what it is and you can't grow. How do you go grow horizontally then and get to that million a month or 5 million a month, whatever your, your actual out, outcome that you desire is. Um, but again, it just really, really does come back to your belief system. Like our realities are all just controlled by what we perceive to be real. And so I see things like when I talk about money or business and hundred, uh, you know, 120 million a year, like 
it's it's not even like a, a like a scared like oh that's you know when I was young I'm like holy shit like hundred thousand a month right but like it just it's all based on the belief it doesn't fucking matter it's just okay now let's go do it that's the goal now how do we re- reverse engineer from that you know and, and figure it out okay so for the winners play that shit back you know basically start with a big ass hairy goal and then just reverse engineer and then take the actual action steps to it yeah and then you'll actually probably find out it's basically the same blueprint that you've been using to make your small money yeah (laughs) just tweaked a little bit you're gonna take the same amount of time you're gonna work anyways you might as well work towards something bigger you know what i mean i love Um, that it's crazy what about like an experience that really was a setback that shook that belief system because we haven't really talked too much about like your childhood, yeah. your teenage years. A lot of the people that are sitting exactly where you're sitting are ballers just like you. And they all have something that's very, very similar. They had an experience or two that really just shook them, right? Like that shook their, their, their belief system. They were down and out. People doubted them, but they were like a Phoenix that rise from the ashes. Right. So what's something that comes to your mind when I, and I say yeah. this, Man, there's, we all go through our shit. I think the one thing for me that really put me like rock bottom um, for, for some time, you know, when I, when I first started business 18, 19, and then I got into e-commerce and I grew my first couple businesses, I was making some money. I moved to LA, I was traveling, Europe, this and that, but I really didn't know what I was doing and my finances weren't that great and I was leveraging credit cards and stuff to run my companies. And I ended up getting quite a bit of debt. Um, by the time I was, this was like four years ago at this point, it was 2019. Time is flying by so fast, but long story short, um, I ended up moving out of LA back to my mom's house, um, in Southern California. And I don't know why it like hurt my ego so much when I was younger. I think I had like a much bigger ego when I, I was young and I've learned how to like really calm that ego down now. But back then, like that really, really hurt me. And so I isolated myself from everybody, my friends, um, you know, and I literally lost everything. Like I had negative um, money in the bank, but I, I had some knowledge with e-commerce. Like I had had success. So I was like, what the fuck, you know? But I think e-commerce was really catching on there. What I was doing, drop shipping, it was a lot, lot more competitive now. So I was like, wow, I, I went, I went from doing hundred thousand a month in a, you know, like gross revenue in a store to now like, is this not real? You know, like I started trying to figure it out, run more stores and nothing was really working. And so I ended up moving to my mom's for about 18 months. I didn't have a car at that point. I had a, a little office in her garage. There was very, very cold, cold winter nights. I have videos of it and I have a little heater next to me and I'm like, I'm doing videos, like talking to my future self. I'm like, future self, Ryan, like when you're watching this, like, this is how you got here. You were fucking, you were in it. You stayed in it. You persisted. And I just really, really had to figure shit out um, during that time. And that was where my belief system was really, really, um, you know, I was like, wow, like I always believed big, but now I was hitting this like constant wall. And I was like, can't even make like a few thousand dollars a month anymore. Like, selling products, like what the fuck is going on? Um, and I was there 18 months. And then during that time too, I ended up getting like really crazy anxiety. And so then I started going to like doctors and they wanted to prescribe me antidepressants. And I was like, fuck, I ended up um, getting on them for, for a little bit of time too back then, just cause it got so bad. Um, and there was just a lot of like 
nights where I was like, there, this is just not going to end. Like I'm going to be at my mom's house the rest of my life. Um, and it was like pretty traumatizing in a weird way. But again, it was just like, I became like very spiritual during that time too. That was like my outlet, like getting into a lot of spiritual books and like really understanding like a different perspective of life. Um, and there's like a saying I like to live by too, which is, you know, without the darkness, there is no light. Um, really good book, The Alchemist. I read that during that time, which like really inspired me. Um, and I just persisted. Like, I don't know how to quit. And so even when there's times of darkness, like just say, okay, it is what it is. Like life is about, life's going to have up and ups and downs. You got to get okay with the uncomfortable in these situation, situations and just roll through it, take the punches and figure it out and keep persisting. So that that's what I did for about 18 months and um we got through it. Yeah. Fuck. That's tough. That's a tough ego shot yep. for anybody, especially after you left your house and you probably told yourself at 18 when you left, I ain't never coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't never coming back. Yeah. You know, I'll send some checks, mom, and I'll write you a letter, send some pics from Europe, but I ain't never coming back. Yeah. My mom, luckily, she always like was the only one who really believed in me, which I, I really, really appreciate her support. But you know, a lot of my other family was like you know, this was that time too. Cause I thought I'd proven them wrong. Like, Oh, I was making money. I would doing my own thing, living on my own. And then all of a sudden it's like, they see me back home. Like, you know, and I thought I had kind of already made it. And I was like, well, fuck me. You know, I got to get back to the drawing board. I mean, I think if you were to choose it all again, it, you probably would want that to happen. Cause when you're telling that story, I, I think about, I, I'm sure and the winners can relate to this. There's always those friends. And sometimes what hurts the most family members where it's like that crabs in a bucket right they're like man that's what ryan gets he thought he made it hot shot ryan you know dude. he's probably doing some scam shit that's good that he's back with his mom dude tell me about it <laughs> you got to deal with the voices the again the just the noise your inner voice you have to be able to like just come to this peace within and just be okay with the chaos be okay with the critics and just do what you do best i mean like I used to wear a bracelet when I was younger too. It said, fuck what people think, you know? And I just, I really have never cared about like other people's opinions, but at the same time, it, they do hurt sometimes. And so I'll just take that and um, I'll roll with it and I'll transmute that energy into, <laughs> into say, being great. Use that energy so you can fucking yeah. harvest it. Manifest I mean, now it. I'm like, please like talk shit. You <laughs> know, like, you know, people who want to quit the company like nowadays or, you know, there's always things going on. So, so okay, always let's haters. roll with it. Let's, <laughs> Let's, let's prove them wrong. Fuck yeah, dude. I like that. So like, when, tell, talk to us about like what you, when you were digging for like answers, cause it sounds like you said you got spiritually started looking for things that were outside of basically what was in front of you. You had the pieces that you had already in front of you made, made money online, had success, but for whatever reason, shit wasn't going right. So can you talk about like that inner like, journey? Because that's basically sounds like what kind of got you out of your mom's house was not just obviously staying persistent with your business but you basically had to look inward and find what the fuck was going on inside to go transmute that or to put that out into the the real world yeah exactly i mean the big thing that helped and again it's cl so cliche but just meditating during that time and and trying to just like be okay with the situation without having so many emotions towards it and then there's always like perspectives right like you see that paper from, from your angle, I see it from mine. So trying to change my perspective on this um, reality I was living to be more beneficial because you don't want to just 
feel like even when you're going through shit, you, you want to have some joy in your life. You don't want to just let darkness ruin you. And so, you know, I change it. It's like, look, I get to be with my mom again. Like I enjoy being with her, like just enjoy this moment, which I do now. Cause now it's like, well, like there's times, you know, I, I live in Miami now. I'm like, I miss my family sometimes. And I'm like, I really enjoyed those moments of being with her and doing things. And you know, it's, it's just those perspectives. Like when you look backwards, you're like, yeah, like you said, like, I really, really appreciate, I would not have it any other way than, than what I had went through then. Um, but yeah, meditating tremendously helped during that time to just to create peace within. Um, and then the, the big thing during that time too, right? Like, how do you get out of that situation? I would say to anybody, um, going through things similar or they, they can't figure things out. If you can, really start to network, like go to the events, meet people. Like that's really how my company came to be. When I think about it, it was like a compounded effect of yes, my knowledge of like running e-commerce businesses and learning about business and some books. But then you take that and you, you go find a bunch of people who are really smart, right? Go to these events. You start saying, Oh, this guy could, could help me with this. We could plug in this, start curating these business ideas. Um, you know, listening to, to courses. I spent so much money on courses. Obviously not all of them are great, but there's always bits and pieces you can take from it. And so that really allowed me to get some new knowledge during that time too, and kind of rebuild um, my previous business um, before this, which which took me out of that, that hole I was in. There you go. What, what business was that? So it was actually a, a funnel I was running during, what was it? It was during the Trump the whole political, again, like I don't follow like news and I'm not like very political, but I do, I am capitalist, right? So <laughs> I take advantage of, of opportunities that I see. And I ended up building like a membership business um, through funnels and click funnels. Um, Maxwell Finn was a guy, again, like your network, I was inside of his program. I had met him a few times through my old mentor too, Fred Lamb. And I was kind of just replicating what he had done, but now in this, that previous election, which is kind of hilarious, but I was just selling uh, products and I built like a membership business. So we had, I think at our peak, like 5,000 people paying 39 bucks a month. So I built that, like, again, this was just like a solo kind of business. I had a couple VAs helping me out. Um, that was never the goal. Again, I wanted to run like a company, what I'm doing now, but that, that was just what took me out of that situation to get me to where I was. So um, yeah, I ended up building that, um, like right before COVID kind of hit, um, during 2020. And so after that, I was like, hmm, where do I want to go? You know, I, I had some money again and I wanted to be smart. Um, and I ended up moving to Mexico, which is hilarious. Like during COVID, I went to Tulum and that was a really, really good time too. like, just, it was more open then too. So I was like living by the beach and I had a, a, a house out there. And I met a lot of great people, some of which, again, are part of the company now. It's like the networking thing is huge. I mean, people at the end of the day is what you need to build great things. And so you need to have that kind of eye for like that person's got something special. You know what I mean? What could we do together? Um, be mutually beneficial. And so Tulum, again, was a great place to do that. Hablas yeah. Español? Oh my, you know, I'm a gringo. <laughs> I'm a gringo, man. I lived in Mexico for like a year. You know what? It's funny. Like I knew a little, the one thing in school I wish I did like really pay attention to was actually Spanish class. Um, but yeah, I, what funny, I was in Mexico when I go to restaurants, they would say, Canelo. Like, 
You look like Canelo, Canelo. bro. Canelo. <laughs> <laughs> right? Man, I would go to these restaurants and, and we would, um, I, I, I would say, excuse me, because I knew a little like terms to get around, right? And I was saying, escupa. And then one of my Spanish friends one day was like, you're telling people that you're going to spit on their feet. And I was like, what? I've been like going up to all these waitresses, like, escupa, like, hey, you know, like, like, cuenta, escupa. And yeah, she's like, no, you're saying like, I'm going to spit on your feet. It's like, disculpa is like, excuse me, right? So, you know, I'll be a gringo. I own it. I'm okay with it. Dude, so my wife, she's Filipino, just, you know, does not look anything else but Filipino. And we're down in Mexico last year and I'm like her translator and we're just like in the markets and whatnot. And I'm Mexican, so I can get my, you know, my, my way, make my way around there. So I'm talking and I'm like, hey, she's asking me, she's like, hey, how do I ask like how much this is, right? Like bracelets and whatnot. I'm like, cuanto es? She's like, okay. So then I'm like doing my own thing and I hear her ask the vendors and she's like, cuantos años? Oh man. Asking how, how old is that bracelet? And all the vendors are like, hey, are you like dumb? Like, what are you? <laughs> Imagine how many people like like that right is having you know those okay we're making their days you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're giving them a good laugh so yeah it is what it is so florida beaches or cali beaches west coast or florida i love like i'm a surfer so i i just the west coast has waves like florida doesn't really have anything florida is great i love like that more tropical weather but i i'm a traveler too like i I like to move around and coast to coast europe and I just, I can't sit still. I have a problem with it. It's, it's bad, but Florida's great. Yeah. Yeah. Less taxes too. Yeah. That, that's always uh, a plus. That definitely helps. Yeah. So with, with the e-com business, I mean, you've been at it in the e-com world uh, quite some time now. And I really like about your story, Ryan, is, is you've been vulnerable. You're just like, Hey man, like here's where I fucked up. And I think a lot of the kind of get rich quick schemes that are out there. A lot of the gurus quote unquote, they just talk about like the good shit, right? Like I'm going to make you rich overnight, buy my stuff and just fill out your credit card information. And you're just going to make a bunch of money. And you know, it's a, your life's going to be just amazing. Dude, your vulnerability is your power. You know, like people feel the authenticity with you being vulnerable. And I see so many of those, like you're saying, like these entrepreneurs these days, like, yeah, fuck yeah, Lambos, we make money. And now that I'm doing these podcasts and things, I'm like, dude, I just want to be fucking real. Like shit's hard and we all go through our shit. So you just got to figure it out. Yeah. And it's not easy, but anyone can do it. Yeah. I know they can. Yeah, for sure. When did you have this vision of just to, to kind of fill the winners in, you know, uh, Ryan's main business and, and I'm not going to speak for him, but he's helped a ton of people um, in terms of helping them generate passive income. So I think a lot of, a lot of you right now that are worried about your money, um, we're in the retirement account space, Keita and I, and I, mean, I literally was just talking to a client today and they were just like, I need my money right now. The banks are closing and the banks are shutting down and the world's getting in. I need my money now. So I think a lot of people right now are just like, man, is it crypto? Is it stocks? Is it real estate? Everything's taking a shit. Like, where can I invest my money? Right? So w- when did you start or how, when did you start having the idea of like, dude, I can really scale this and partner up with people all over the country and help them achieve their dreams, mm-hmm. get them making passive income. And then I get what I want. Company gets what they want. And it's just a win-win. Yeah. I Great question. And, and just before you say that, because you were saying something about people freaking out, crypto, this. I think people, again, like there's so much noise and like 
there's almost information overload is what I call it of like, you got to do this or this. And there's Grant Cardone saying to invest here and Jeff Seconder saying invest in crypto and I'm going here and the banks are crashing. Like, just like, fuck everyone for a second. Okay. We appreciate everybody. Everyone's got their, their lanes that they stick to. But I, number one would always say just cause like, you, you got to invest in your, and it's again, cliche, but invest in yourself, networking and, uh, and building your own business that will always pay you more than crypto or any of this kind of stuff. Um, because think like if you're making four or 5,000 a month with a job and you're thinking like, okay, crypto is going to save my life. It's not going to save your life. Like you're, you're making four or 5,000 a month or 10,000, right? You need to actually make good cash flow. And then Let's take a portion of that and start thinking longer term. Where can I, I park my money to play a couple different games? How can I hedge it correctly? Um, but like people will jump to those things way before I even think they should. Like go for the big money first, like get your, get your money right and then start thinking, okay, I'm going to go play those kind of investment games. At the same time, like, of course, you know, the, the longer term compounding effect, I do think it is wise to have like a 40 year, like, okay, I'm not going to touch this money. Let's just let it compound for sure. Allocate some money there, but don't think like this type of investment is going to change my life. I just wanted to hit on that. Um, really, really quick. And I, I steered off of the main question. I'm sorry. I, I got distracted because man, people piss me off sometimes and they think these kind of things are going to save themselves. So well, I mean, that's refreshing to hear because I know you have essentially a high ticket offer that allows people to partner up with you. They make a bunch of money. You guys make money. It's a win, 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 but you're taking almost like the opposite approach. It's like, Hey, before you give money to my company and partner up with me, like get your foundation right. Yeah. Like, get your money right. And then we can maybe talk. And most of the time it's the opposite. It's, Hey, you're broke. You're maxed out. Work with me. I'll yeah. change your life. I'll get you out of there. Yeah. No, see like, that's not really our clientele we're going after, even though I do want to help those people. Cause that was once me. And that's really like where my company is growing to have like a more, uh, like wide range of products from like 3000 to like 300 grand. Like, where do you fit in that spectrum? So we can help you. Um, you know, obviously the main offer we started was like 35,000 and now we even have it up to 125, depending on different offers there, but that is the goal. So we can help everybody, um, to get their money right. You know what I mean? But how this started, cause that, that was your, your last question and back, uh, to, to helping these, these types of investors just make more money really, or, you know, average people who just have a nine to five and they want to make some side income. Um, the idea really steered during the, as I was building these e-commerce stores, I actually helped a couple people do it. Even my, my father, I helped him build an e-com store, which he was doing like 10 grand a month. And then he ends up like selling it for like 30 or 40,000, just cashed out. Um, after like, I don't know, like six to nine months of running it. So that was kind of like the idea. And then last year, see, it's like every, every experience in your life is going to create this file in your head of like, okay, that worked perfect. You're going to go do something else. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. And you're going to learn something from that. So all of these little experiences start compounding to then like, holy shit, now I see the bigger picture. So that's really how this, my company wealth assistance came to be was like just so many little things, wins, fails, wins, fails that I was like, this is what it is. Like this all makes sense. That's why when I, I, I built it, I knew I could do a million a month. It was like this almost like 
just guaranteed like I know this will work from the experience and and knowledge I have kind of in this overall space um but the idea came back in like 2021 like I was man I was working on another company then too which wasn't doing that great and I started thinking like man I'm I'm doing the same thing again I'm playing in this rat race like just spinning the wheel let's go play the game let's build the company I've always wanted to build and so I started seeing there was people in this space kind of doing similar things and I'm competitive and I'm like, if that guy can do it, I can fucking do it. Like, I just know I can. And I know I have a great network and I know how to actually build and, and run shit. And I want to do it better too. Cause I saw some flaws that, that they were, they were running into. How could I make it better? And, and, um, there's a Drake lyric. It's like, it's not about who did it first. It's about who did it right. And, um, I like that. I like that line. Cause that's, that's kind of how we are in this company and we're about to be, you know, soon, like just such a badass e-commerce investment company with our infrastructure we've been building just because we've reinvested the money too. We're not buying land, but like a lot of these guys that have run these before, it's like, Oh, cool. Make some cash. We're selling high ticket. I'm going to go buy a Lambo. Like I, I know from like advisors and people that know the other guys in this space, like they're not reinvesting into the infrastructure. And so, um, long story short, this company came to be just from, again, all the e-commerce knowledge I had and then realizing like, okay, there's actual people out there, especially because this was when like, oh, the recession time was coming. Of course, I've, 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 um, was hearing just noise about that. And I was like, there's people that are going to want to start parking their money elsewhere. So e-commerce is a really cool, like asset in a sense, but nobody really knows how to do it unless you spend a lot of time doing it. Cause I've done it. Like it takes a lot of work and time. And so that was the idea like, okay, there's people who have money, but they don't have time. That's the people we're looking for. And we're going to help them kind of diversify into this new like asset class with e-commerce. And so right now someone's listening. They, they've got some money. They don't have abundance of time. Yeah. And they want to take advantage of the, the e-com train. How, how can you help them? Yeah. So how it works, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, we have everything on the back end already built from warehousing uh, products to source, the whole operations team, again, over 250 employees. And so when you come on board with us, you get to basically own an e-commerce business. An Amazon store at the moment is what we're, we're setting up and we're soon going multi-channel into different kind of marketplaces. But you get to own an e-commerce business. It's in your company name. Um, you know, we own a back-end revenue share on performance that we do. But at the end of the day, we just become your operational partners, right? Where it's like, okay, we're going to handle the day-to-day, all the things A to Z, all the logistics, management, customer support, things that go into it so that you can really just fund the business. And again, what's funny is we help all of our clients get funding too. So even if you don't have too much money, we have a lot of different ways, and including I know we're talking about even going with you guys and and figuring out alternate ways to get funding. But um, that allows you to start really compounding your cash flow. Why I like e-commerce too is because there is that like compounding effect versus real estate where it's going to take a lot longer. Like I like, don't get me wrong. I like real estate too. It's just a slower, like longer equity play. Um, whereas e-commerce is really just about how much can I spend on product that I know is going to sell and move that product ex- as quickly as possible. And if you know you're getting 10 to 20% margins on those products, then it's like, okay, let's just take that uh, profit and let's, let's just compound it. Like, and you'll, you'll see that compound effect happen over the first couple of years 
running these stores, you just keep compounding the cash flow, which is really cool. Um, but again, to answer your question, we just basically help everyday individuals or investors basically park their money in this kind of e-commerce asset and we run all the back end for them. So they can still uh, work their normal job and do what they do, be with their family. My goal too for, for all of this is to really try to overtake, I would say like, I don't know the, the median or what most, I think the $55,000 is what the yearly average salary is of Americans. It's about, about right. 55, right? My goal is to, to take this e-commerce asset and create passive income that overtakes their active income, right? So that they could, if, if they really wanted, could quit their job, you know what I mean? If, if they're not liking their job, right? I, I really want this to make decent money for these, these uh, investors and partners of ours. So it's pretty cool. So the, the person, you know, cause a lot of our winners, they, they've got investments, they've got assets, they're skeptical, just like everyone else out there. Like what, what makes you guys, like, why do you need these people? I think some things that maybe the winners are thinking right now, especially if they've never experienced this type of model that you're talking about is like, dude, you guys figured it out. You guys know how to make all this money on e-com. Why do you need me? Yeah. This is a question we get asked every single day with our team. Um, funny, like I have some of my salespeople here outside and like they could come in and like answer this, which is hilarious. But basically at the end of the day with Amazon specifically, you can only open so many stores as an individual. So you really get capped out with your stores and their terms of service on like how to actually run these stores at scale. Right. And you don't want to just, even if you have access to a lot of products, you don't want to dump those into just one account. Right. Let's say you had like 50,000 products. Like you really want to spread that over accounts. That's actually what's going to allow you to win on Amazon's platform. So really the best way to do it is to scale horizontally. Now, how do you do that? You need partners. You need every new partner has to have a new legal business entity, right? That we're going to obviously have that um, back end revenue share with, right? With our company. So we're getting back in revenue share of, you know, over 550 stores now where it's like, if we were to just me and my internal team say, okay, we're going to open 550 stores ourselves. We literally couldn't do it. It's, it's just not possible, but we have the infrastructure to do it. So that's why we go out and find partners where it's like, look, you want to make money. We want to make money. Let's come together. Let's operate it for you. You put up the funds to run it and let's, let's have a win-win partnership. It's almost like a classic build it and they will come. Like you guys literally have all the back end and infrastructure Yep. Now it's just a matter of intaking people that also want to partner with you. Exactly. And we have a lot of people coming to us now. So it's, it's pretty crazy. The, the demand for kind of what we've created, but at some point there will be a cap too. You know, we're looking at, okay, what's the, the one year, two year, what do we need to build? How many, how many people could we actually handle? And there is at some point going to be a cap. Um, you know, I think around 10,000 ish clients is, is where we're really looking. And so, you know, at some point until we own all the warehouses in America and own Amazon, like, you know, we're going to, we're going to hit caps and, and that's okay. We'll, we'll hit the caps and we'll figure out what we need to do to continue growing, whether that be acquiring yeah, more warehouses or what that, what that looks like. Three. Call Bezos, hit him up in the DMs, bro. I'm trying to, I've told, I've told a few people, man, I'll tell you guys, my secret plan is to Trojan horse, uh, Bezos. I think he goes to St. Bart's every, every new year. So I'm going to roll to St. Bart's this next new year's and I'm going to Trojan horse him. And I'm going to say, Hey, Ryan, 
Thanks so much for building Amazon. I've, I've Trojan horse Amazon, you know? Um, and who knows, maybe, maybe Amazon's a company that's going to come in and, and acquire us at some point. And, you know, maybe this lane, they're going to start seeing evolve into like investors wanting this. And they're going to be like, Oh, you're like running a, a real like agency here that maybe we want to take part in. And so me and Jeff are going to link up at some point. I'll, yeah. get, I'll get on his yacht. We'll, yeah, we'll have a little talk after you close that the deal. Bezos, the Bezos breakdown. Yeah, <laughs> after you close that deal, we'll get you back on the podcast. And Dude, uh, that'd be badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk to the winners about the the partnership with Cart. I know that yeah. Cart dot com is a really big thing you guys got going on. Yeah, so lucky. Um, our chief growth operator Max Day. He he again. All of us entrepreneurs in my team. You know our core team. So he used to run. Um, big software company out in California that I think built software for one of the founders of cart.com. And so he knew of cart.com last year. And when we were starting to build everything in-house, which is funny, just on that topic real quick in-house, that's a big thing about us is like, we want to control everything. Um, One of my business partners and mentors, you know, has always said like, maybe when you, when you start a business, you might need to rent Right. And, and it's kind of like his terminology. You, you either rent, you build or you acquire. Right. And so in the beginning of starting this company, it was like we were kind of renting and like finding like affiliate partners. And it's like, OK, how can we start um, building? Right. And then we started building those relationships with like cart.com. And I'll touch on that. And then now it's a play where it's like, OK, now you have the cash flow. Let's just go acquire. Right. That's why these companies raise money um, like cart.com, who, you know, is going out and and they're acquiring a bunch of companies and, and bringing them all into their ecosystem. And so that's why cart.com is so badass is because they have the software, the tech, the warehouses from all of their acquisitions so that they really have something special when it comes to e-commerce and, and kind of their unique selling proposition is they're, they're a, a, a tech based uh, company that allows them to go omni-channel in this kind of uh, warehousing management uh, logistical space. So we have a warehouse with them. Again, it's, it, it's their warehouse. I don't want to say it's ours at all, but um, you know, we have really cool kind of internal structures with them where we kind of feel like a partner. It's not like we're not like contracting with them. It's like, no, we have like some say in like how we can actually operate in certain ways. So there's an 800,000 square foot warehouse I visited um, up in, Albertown, Pennsylvania. If you know where that is, it's, it's really in the middle of nowhere, but it's huge and um, literally can move millions of products a week. So again, when we're thinking at scale, thinking bigger, it's like, what do we need? Um, when you really start, th- it's crazy, man. When you start thinking bigger too, it's like, again, you just start thinking, okay, I need a, just a different set of actions. Like I can't play because we used to have a warehouse in Miami um, and I would go there and like, it was just a little it wasn't too big. It was maybe like 3000 square feet and products would come in and out. And it's like, most people would be like, okay, this is like working. Like I'm, I'm doing my thing. We're making some money. It's like, nope, got to go to the fucking big leagues. What does that look like? And that's what cart.com is. Cart.com is a fantastic partnership that we have. And that allows us again, to just fulfill for our clients and make them even more money because we can move products so much quicker um, they also have their own exclusive brands that they have access to that we can leverage. So like over 6,000 brands, our distribution company, which is which we own and buy products through, that's what we can go out there and buy products to. Um, 
so it's it's really cool and this is just the beginning of it but there's a lot of synchronicities there i've i've met the founder we've done dinners and and some interviews together and they're they're just a bunch of entrepreneurs too that came together and we're like let's just disrupt this industry and so we really um just the way we operate together like it's very very like-minded so it's it's been a fun partnership to have it's dope and it kind of goes back to like the the ecosystem that's been like a, a constant theme through this is that that was just another layer of the ecosystem that you needed to fill out you know like why would you go and learn how to go acquire 800,000 square foot warehouse when you can go find the person that's already got it. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's kind of in the lane of like technically renting. Right. But at some point, are we acquiring them? I mean, we're not at a point where we, we definitely could. I think they're, they're a billion dollar company at this point. Um, but you know, that's, that's the mindset you got to have. Okay. Are we renting or are we going to, okay, are we going to go build the warehouse and, and build it all in house? Or are we going to just acquire it? Acquiring is the easiest. It's all, all of this too is time or money, right? Do you have the money or do you have the time? Um, and then that's going to kind of determine those, those actions that you actually take in the company. So, man, this is a, a really, really good podcast in the sense, Ryan, I don't say that because I'm biased and this is our show. Um, I say that just because you touched on a lot of points, dude, like inspiration, but then what I really liked is just like the practical information that you gave to the winners. Right. So, you know, winners like read, no, I was going to say read what a dumbass. listen to this podcast, watch this podcast again. Like, cause there's a few different things that I've learned a couple of things from you, Ryan. So thank you in terms of just practical things, whether you have a lawn service business, a plumbing business, HVAC online business, you're in the financial space, like Keita and I are on, you know, business is business, yeah. right? It doesn't matter. Uh, a lot of the same principles. So Ryan, dude, it's not a, a secret why you're doing what you're doing, man. It's funny when we were first talking to you, you're just like, holy shit, I kind of forgot that a year ago, you know, I only had three employees and I have 250 employees. Like, holy shit. Like you're just so focused and dialed in doing what you're doing. Like it's not a, it's not a, a surprise why you're kicking ass and you're a winner, dude. Dude, thank you. And by the way, the podcast name, badass. Cause I, I've even been saying too, like I've been saying it internally, like winners win. Like I've been saying this a lot recently and it's just, it's so true. Um, and so when I saw this, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, we're doing the podcast. I love, like, <laughs> I did. And, and back to networking, right? Like I know you because of Ulysses. Yeah. Ulysses and I go back. He was on our show. We were in the same mastermind five years ago. And he's like, bro, you got to talk to my buddy, Ryan. So he's doing some PR work for you. So winners, get off your fucking ass and go it. network. Right. Business that's, is a contact sport. Yeah. 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 Man, you just got to persist. And, and and I'll end it with this too. You have a business right now, figure out how to charge more. I could guarantee people will pay more. They just need to see the value. Um, you can do that by stacking certain offers, creating, um, you know, guarantees or again, like affiliates. Like there's so many things to do. Just kind of zoom out a little bit, think a little bit bigger and you can start charging more and, and increasing your overall margins and profit in your company. That's a, that's a mic drop right there, guys. Yep. Refer this episode to a friend. Uh, you know, Ryan already said they are only going to take so many people, so many clients. So um, obviously, there is you know that that limited opportunity to to work with Ryan and his group. Where can people find more information about you? Right, someone listening to this right now is like, dude, I make good money. I got some money in real estate, got some money in stocks, but like, I want to get into this ecom train and I want to learn more how I can make some passive income. Yeah, so. There's a couple of different ways. Um, you know, on Instagram, you can go to wealth assistance. I, it's funny. I, cre- 
I named this company Wealth Assistance and I was like, there's so many S's in assistance. I, I make sure I spell it out for people because people say like assistant, assistant. It's A-S-S-I-S-T-A-N-T-S. So assistance. We're helping people, assisting people build modern day wealth, right? And so if you go to Wealth Assistance Instagram, you could DM us. Our team will reach out. Um, also just our website, wealthassistance.com. You can find uh, where you can basically input your information. Our team will reach out to you. Um, so yeah, get in contact with us and, and we have a big team who can basically help connect you and answer some of your questions. Dude, assistance is like Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Yeah. Right? All those damn S's. This is what I'm doing, man. I'm like, did I name the company something wrong? I'm like, <laughs> it's, I second guess myself sometimes, but it's a cool name. It's just, it's long. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Winners, you guys are going to like what you see too. Go Definitely. check out uh, wealthassistance.com. Go check out the uh, the social media handles that Ryan just mentioned. Um, all of the links and what Ryan just mentioned will be in the show notes. So go check that out. And uh, again, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, taking thank time you. out of your day yeah, and guys, coming to the studio. It's been a blast. Eight days in Vegas and this was how we wrapped it. So thank Ooh, you guys. Absolutely. I love it. It's, a, it's, a, it's an honor. All right, winners, you guys have a good rest of your week and we'll talk to you uh, next week. Peace.